uh, this uh, morning's reading is from John chapter 5, 16 to 30. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I am too working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees the father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. You had a, a good week. It's uh, been a, been tiring, I know, for some people. We've had we seem to have had a lot of meetings this week. Just got me bits of paper in the right order. But you know, uh, as we were singing that about um, it's uh, his breath in our lungs. Uh, I'm just thinking, you know, we are so strong, aren't we? And uh, that was the message that was coming through from our. Um, day of prayer and our evening when we joined together, God was saying, you know, you might think you're weak, uh, but actually you're strong because it's his breath in our lungs. So let's just uh, pray um, to him now. Father God, this is your word, and sometimes your word seems a bit confusing, uh, but Lord, we pray that you will speak into every heart here one word lord one thought that uh, we can take from this place we pray that you will change us lord we don't just want to hear words we want to hear your voice so father we um, just pray that you will be with us now and help us to listen not to what i say but to what uh, you say amen 
Well, uh, on the whole, people like Jesus, don't they? I mean, not many people, don't hear many people saying they don't like Jesus. You know, uh, we've got uh, Robin Hood, he'll be here in a minute. He was a baddie, really, he was an outlaw. But uh, people liked him because uh, he was a hero. He, he robbed from the rich and gave to the poor. Oh, we haven't got, we haven't got our little pictures on. It's all right, I'll catch up. Um, and also, there's people like Mother Teresa. Um, people like Mother Teresa on the whole because uh, they know what a good job she does. She, uh, she looks after the poor, or she did. She, um, she fed those who were hungry, just like Jesus did. Uh, she was a certain people like, oh, there we go, they were like Robin Hood, like Mother Teresa, and uh, there we have Nelson Mandela as well, because he wasn't afraid to speak the truth. And, you know, even though Jesus went into the temple and turned over the tables of the money changers, and, uh, and I can imagine him kicking over the pens where the sheep were, were running around and that sort of stuff, people could relate to the fact that Jesus was standing up for the ordinary people. And, uh, and so, like Nelson Mandela, he, won, he was fighting for the truth. So people even liked Jesus, even though he, was, uh, he, he could go off on one from time to time. We next have uh, Mahatma Gandhi. He was uh, a political activist and a Hindu. He was greatly influenced by Jesus' teaching. He was quoted as saying, I like your Christ, but not your Christianity. Muslims hold Jesus as one of their highest prophets. The Quran even says he was born of a virgin, and Sikhs view him as a high-ranking holy man or saint. Lots of people appreciate who Jesus was. There's no denying that he lived on this earth. We know the exact um, dates that he lived. And most people could see that he was a good man, a miracle worker. But today we're going to look at whether we can go beyond that. Why is it important that we go beyond him being just a good man to being the son of God to actually being God? You know, there may be those who don't believe in Jesus or don't care who he is, but actually not many people say they don't like Jesus. But we did hear about some today, didn't we? And they were the, the religious people of Jesus' time. They were the ones who taught the scripture, who kept the scripture, who made more laws around the scripture. And they didn't like Jesus one bit because Jesus was... Uh, was popular for a start and he was saying that you know there are more important things than keeping to these pinnickety little laws that have been made this particular confrontation that we heard about today was triggered by jesus healing a lame man that was a few verses before you've probably heard about it he was a man who had been lame for 38 years, and he, um, every day he was put in a certain place with a lot of other disabled people, hoping that there would be a chance that he might be healed. And Jesus did a great miracle. 
he healed him and he said pick up your bed and walk pick up your mat and walk wonderful you'd think everybody would be praising God for that but actually uh, there were some people not praising God because Jesus had the temerity to work on the Sabbath day in healing somebody that was counted as work and what's worse he told a man to pick up his bed and walk he was inciting somebody else to uh, to break the Sabbath law so we come to our reading today which is this is the background of it because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath they began to persecute him they being the religious um, officials and the word persecute is the same word I understand as prosecute in the uh, in the original language and so John presents to us a sort of court scene where accusations against Jesus are made and a defense is required so the first accus accusation was that Jesus broke the Sabbath law certainly made that law and he charged people with keeping the Sabbath when he gave the Ten Commandments but it's a law that God gave to bless his people God was thinking about his people they needed time uh, for rest they needed uh, a change in the the treadmill of life with work they needed um, a, a, just a stop from that and even the animals uh, needed that rest on the Sabbath day it was a law that made sure that people weren't exploited to give everybody a, a change and a rest and to worship God on that day the Pharisees had added to this law so that in their eyes carrying anything anything at all was counted as work and you know I was surprised uh, when I was looking this up that even today strict Jews um, have made more laws around the laws and you know they're not even allowed to flush the toilet on the Sabbath day because that's work and they're not allowed to um, to use a lift um, or use anything electrical because that's like making fire and that was one of the laws about the laws about the laws so you can see how things uh, were getting and still are sort of getting very pernickety and losing what God uh, intended for it so that was the accusation Jesus was a lawbreaker and second accusation that he incited somebody else to break the law as well but uh, Jesus's defense made these accusations look like mere misdemeanors compared to the bombshell that was to follow because his defense essentially was that he could do these things because he was one with the father in other words he is God the officials were horrified they knew exactly what Jesus was saying God as father wasn't a new concept people uh, understood that God made the world and he was the father of the world but um, he was a holy God and they were not even allowed to say his name 
they wrote his name as uh, initials YHWH, which uh, we pronounce as Yahweh. But the, here was a peasant from up north in Galilee, daring to, to say that this God, this holy God, he dared to call him father. And so it moves on. The next, uh, for this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. And just in case uh, they couldn't uh, believe that they'd heard him right, Jesus followed it up with more words. Very truly, I tell you, the son can't do anything by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, uh, the son also does. In other words, he was family. He could work because his father worked on the Sabbath. My father is always at his work, Jesus said. On this very day, I too am working. Now, the Jews might have argued, and you might be thinking, well, you know, aren't we told that God... But Jesus knew uh, that God was always working, always looking after his people. Psalm 121 says, the Lord, neither, the Lord God neither slumbers nor sleeps. And of course, if they thought about it, they'd have realized that he was holding the stars, the universe in place. God is always working. He made the Sabbath for man's good and, and not his own. The ancient Greek philosopher Philo who was a contemporary uh, of Jesus, said this, God never stops working, for as is the property of fire to burn and uh, snow to be cold, so it is of God to work. So the second piece of evidence uh, that Jesus presents is that uh, like his father, he has the power to give life. God who brings new life doesn't stop babies being born on the Sabbath day. God brings life. He breathed life into Adam. He made the Sabbath for man's benefit. He loves mankind. It's his breath in our lungs. The Ruach, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. And Jesus is saying he too has the power to bring life. We probably know some stories in the Bible where he, he did bring people back to life. There was a guy on his way to his own funeral. Well, he was not on his way, he was being carried. And, uh, and Jesus, uh, Jesus brought him to life. Uh, there was Jairus' daughter. You know, Jesus spoilt every funeral he ever went to, didn't he? You know, <laughs> he was gonna raise Lazarus from the dead. But, uh, you know, he, uh, he brings life. He talked about himself being uh, the living water, breath of life. He doesn't stop there. Jesus' next piece of evidence is that God gives him authority to judge. He says, for the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son, that all should honor the son just as they honor the father. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father 
who sent him. A businessman, you know, uh, might want his son to come into the business uh, and allows him a certain amount of freedom. But usually, if he's the head of the company, uh, he will make the final decision. But in this case, the father is giving the authority to the son. God trusts the son. God and the son are one. You know, the, the job of judging, he passes to his son. He loves him, he trusts him. And Jesus accepts his responsibility. But he just bats the glory back to God. You know, God's saying, here's my son, do what he says. And Jesus says, but that's my father, I only do what he tells me to do. It's this wonderful, uh, this wonderful unity between father and son. They are one, and that's why there's such unity. And then, of course, you've got the Holy Spirit in the mix as well. I've put a picture of a car there. Is anyone clever enough to know what kind of car that is? Yeah, David. Wow. Say it louder. A, it's a Bugatti, uh, what, your Noir or something like that. It's worth, how much do you think it's worth, David? 14.4 million for one car. Wow. Do you know that if somebody was driving that car in Liverpool, the police would pull him over, wouldn't they? They'd either be down as a drug dealer or a car thief. But suppose they got this lad out and he said, uh, it's okay. This is, I'm, I'm such and such a person's son. He might be the son of a millionaire and his dad has given him authority to drive around in the car. And that was Jesus's argument as well. He's one with the father. He, he's his father's son. And uh, he can do all these things. He can break the Sabbath law. He's one with God. John's Gospel, which we've been looking at to, to see uh, about Jesus, um, is all about who Jesus is. Right at the beginning, uh, first words are, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Right at the beginning, John tells us that the Word is God. And right at the end, he, he says to, to everybody, I know he's God because this is my testimony. I'm an eyewitness and I know it to be true. And in, the, in between those two things, there's all sorts of other signs. Jesus uh, does miracles. John picks on seven miracles, which he calls signs, which he, he uses as proof that Jesus is God. Jesus also says seven statements I, about I am. And uh, if you know about uh, Moses and the burning bush, when God gave Moses a job to do, uh, Moses said, oh, I've got to go to the Pharaoh. Who am I supposed to say sent me? What's your name? And God said, I am. And Jesus used the I am seven times uh, that we're told, or John picks out seven times. Anyway, he might have done a lot more. But Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. I am the true vine, the good shepherd, the door, 
the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And John also tells us about episodes such as the one we read about today, where people challenge who he is, and Jesus comes back with a defense, always a good defense, uh, that he is God. He said it of himself. And if you, if you don't uh, believe that, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said that uh, if you can't believe what Jesus said, you've got to say Jesus is a liar or Jesus is mad. And uh, neither of those things, uh, I believe, can be proven. Uh, Jesus is the truth. Jesus doesn't tell lies. Jesus is liked because people know he doesn't tell lies. He is not mad. He died on the cross for, for us. He is not a madman. And the only thing left is that he was telling the truth. So the story uh, that John tells about Jesus ends with his testimony. You know, John had lived with Jesus for three years. He'd, uh, he'd seen the miracles. He'd heard what Jesus was saying. He'd been up with him on the Mount of, uh, we call it the Mount of Transfiguration. It was a special time where Jesus' uh, sort of uh, earthly body uh, sort of was overshadowed by his, his divine uh, body. He, he had this bright light. John had seen that. Uh, John had seen him um, killed on the cross, not only dying on a cross, but a, a spear thrust into his side. John knew for a fact that Jesus had died. And yet a few days later, there was Jesus again. John didn't see him just once, but many times before Jesus went up to heaven, which John again witnessed. This is uh, John's testimony. This was his eyewitness account that it's true. And he, the whole point of him writing his gospel is to say that Jesus is God. You know, in their gospels, Matthew and Mark and Luke uh, tell us that Jesus asks the question, who do you say I am? John doesn't ask that question, but perhaps after all these years, we need to hear Jesus asking it to us. Who do you say I am? And perhaps we need to consider if it makes a difference to know that Jesus is one with the Father, that Jesus is an historical figure, someone whose teaching was so profound that he should be remembered. I think yes. Is he, as many believe, a prophet, a holy man, who should be respected? Again, yes. Is he the long-awaited Messiah of the Jews? Well, if you look at all the hundreds of prophecies, he fulfills every one of them. Is he guilty of blasphemy, as the Jewish officials thought? Well, no, because what he said is true. He claimed to be God, and he is God. He is the one and only in whom is found salvation. He is not a way to eternal life. He is the way. You know, it's very um, popular in our day to be tolerant, isn't it? And to 
welcome and love everybody and that is absolutely true we we need to love everybody but you know it's if we go that extra step and say that there's all different ways to to the father to god and it doesn't matter which path you follow well i think that's entirely against uh, what jesus says what john says what church tradition says there is only one way to god and while we might love and we should love people of all faiths we really ought to um, be able to tell them that um, there's only one way to god and that's through jesus christ the one who uh, says to you and me who do you say i am is maybe asking that question to us today ct stood found uh, who founder of WEC, said this if jesus christ be god and died for me then no sacrifice is too great for me to make for him you know when i said gandhi said he he liked jesus he liked christ but he didn't like christianity he picked on something that is uh, uncomfortably true he loved the teachings of Jesus, uh, but when he looked at the Church of Christ, he didn't see everybody um, acting as Jesus said they should act. He didn't see everybody loving as, uh, as Jesus said they should, loving their enemies, doing good to those that hate them. Jesus is more than just a good person, more than a hero. Jesus is the Lord God. Just going to spend a moment just uh, to consider um, what that means to you. Um, Angelique is going to come up again. And uh, we're going to just uh, open our hearts to, to just ask that question. Just want you to imagine Jesus saying to you, calling you by your name, saying, Neil. Who do you say I am? Or whoever. And if you want um, to, uh, to come for prayer, we have people uh, here only too glad to, to pray with you. Maybe Jesus has spoken into your heart. Maybe you want to follow him. You've decided that he is the true God, the way to God. Maybe you want to give your life to him. Well, now is an opportunity to come for prayer. If, as James was saying, you feel God saying, welcome home, I suppose it's the same thing, really. Maybe you want to come home, then uh, again, come for prayer. Let's just uh, be quiet for a moment and consider these things. speaking to our hearts. Help us to be honest enough to answer that question. Who do you say I am? And let's just consider I haven't answered that question 
What question would he then put to you? Yeah.